right. Welcome to Hypothetically Speaking. They say three is a lucky number, and that is the number of hosts we have today. Unfortunately, Vaughn cannot be with us. Everyone pray, pray to whatever you believe in that Vaughn gets better soon. And for now, I'm the one steering the ship. Will we, will, how will it go? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I'm Kirsten Dorman and I'm here joined with the other two that are not Vaughn. Yes, uh, I too am also not Vaughn. Uh, that has not changed since we have last been together. I'm getting karaoke. I am also not Vaughn. Sorry to disappoint. I'm Nicole Pinter. Kind of reminds me of the the Squidward bit from SpongeBob. Like if I'm Vaughn and you're Vaughn, then who is that? <laughs> started with the news I do have the first story today so you get to hear even more of my voice so today is May 25th and it is the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death at 46 years old George Floyd was killed after being arrested by police outside a store in Minneapolis Minnesota the day of this recording as I said marks the one-year anniversary of his death and according to reporting by the BBC, transcripts of police body cam footage show that Floyd said more than 20 times that he could not breathe as he was being restrained by officers. Specifically, Derek Chauvin kneeled on Floyd's neck while he was pinned face down to the ground for roughly nine minutes. Floyd had been working as a bouncer up until the pandemic hit and had been moved to, or had moved himself, um, from Minneapolis to Houston several years from where he was originally from before his death. The owner of the store where the report of what was thought at the time to be a counterfeit $20 bill was made said that Floyd was a friendly face, a pleasant customer who never caused any trouble. In the article from the BBC that came out around the time of his death, one of Floyd's closest friends said, the way he died was senseless. He begged for his life. He pleaded for his life. When you try to put faith in the system, a system that you know isn't designed for you, when you constantly seek justice by lawful means and you, and you can't get it, you begin to take the law into your own hands. After one particular video of what happened began to spread via the internet, Protests began to spread from Minneapolis throughout the country in late May of last year and continued on throughout the summer and beyond. All four of the police officers involved were immediately fired and Chauvin was convicted of second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter for his part in Floyd's death this April. He has not yet been charged, or rather he has not yet been sentenced. And the other three officers Alex Kyung, Thomas Lane, and To Tao are reportedly set to stand trial this August. Earlier today, just hours before it was set to be the site of a street festival marking the anniversary, uh, around 30 gunshots were reported at the intersection where Floyd died. 
Video from the Associated Press shows people running and seeking cover as shots ring out in what's informally called George Floyd Square. At least one person has gone to the hospital as a result of this, but we don't know of any other injuries or anything like that so far. It's unclear whether the event will still be held at this time, but a moment of silence that will last nine minutes and 29 seconds will more than likely still be held. Um, Governor Tim Walls has asked Minnesotans to pause and honor Floyd for that time, which was the exact amount of time that Chauvin had been kneeling on his neck. And so that's the bare bones of the story, but as we all know, and as we've all kind of lived through it, this has become so much more. And it's really, I think seeing in such like in your face, having it be put so directly in front of you for a lot of non-Black Americans, it I think woke a lot of people up and made a lot of people realize how severe this is and how severe it's been. And I think it's it's definitely started a lot of conversations around systemic issues and the way that we see and treat other people. And looking back on it a year later, I think it's just, it's definitely, it, it just makes you think, I guess. You know, Kirsten, I think there's a lot I can say about this. A lot I'm going to, but uh, let's just focus on two points uh, to start out with, at least. So point number one, in terms of like, just recalling and going back to a year ago, when, you know, when the video came out a few days later and, and everything happened, I think that is the first time in my entire life. Yeah, I have, as you know, as a black man in this country, like, I've ever seen people just weren't making excuses for the first time ever. Everyone was like, oh crud, this is actually bad. And I'm like, and then and, and let me tell you, I was surprised as hell. Cause you know, I always expect every time, you know, a police brutality incident happens, you're gonna have scores of people, mostly white, but not entirely uh, defending the cops saying, you know, well, they were, per, person was doing this. It's like, okay, listen, listen, somebody could do something that ain't particularly all that great, but they shouldn't be killed for it. That's insanity. Um, so yeah, it, and I, I think that's just a big, like important thing to point out. Now that's changed since then. There now there's a bunch of if you listen to a lot of the fever swamps on the far right, now they make excuses for it and and try doing apologia for Chauvin, who once again was convicted of the charges already. And I think that's uh, yeah. Anyways, it's but at least for that one moment in late May, early June, I think everyone was just like, "This is bad," and that's something you just don't see in this country ever. That's weird. Point number two, a little, a little bit of a pivot um, is now, you know, the the protests that ensued were the one of the some of the largest mass protests in American history. Like, no kidding. Um, this has been confirmed by people far smarter than me, and 
you know, the kind of effects, the kind of debate we've had since then on the police in this country, the conversation has changed, although a lot of the policy hasn't, where you see conservatives still saying, well, we need to defend the police and liberals saying, what if we just gave them more money and equipment and training and things that have already been done in a lot of cities and uh, have not been very successful. So I do think it's a very, the, well, I think the conversation among like ordinary people has gotten a little more interesting and at least in terms of like the conversation among ordinary people has become more substantive than it was before what had happened, the, the tragedy of George Floyd's killing. It's the conversation among policymakers uh, sucks, uh, quite honestly. And I also do need to insert a note before I stop talking that George Floyd is also not a martyr. Like he wanted to live. He's not some martyr for a cause or anything. He just happened to be somebody who was who was in a horrible situation. And I don't like it when people talk about him as a martyr. He wasn't. His is a straight up evil tragedy of our horrible twisted system. Right, and I think to that note, part of what made it so striking, at least for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people was knowing that that could be, that could have been any black man. That could have been any black person. You know, it, like you said, George Floyd was not trying to be a martyr. He wasn't trying to do anything like what ended up happening, but it, it really could have been anyone like him, you know, and to kind of go back to your first point really quickly, I think it's really interesting now that we have this kind of shift in at least the conversation among lay people where you can also point out like, hey, why are you so moving so quickly to justify when someone is killed by the police saying, oh, well, they were resisting arrest or, oh, well, this, that, the other, they committed a crime, whatever. Why are we so quick to put the blame on the murder victim in that instance. You know, I think it, it definitely is also a lot about reframing, and this is a personal opinion, this is a lot about reframing the way that we think about instances like this and the way that we think about the power structures that we have and how we are so willing to have them be enforced certain ways, but not in others. Like you said, there's so much to say. I, I was kind of struggling for words before and I, I am again now because there's just so much to say that we don't have time to, but Nicole quickly. Uh, yeah, I'll, to hear I'll just, I'll finish off on this note is that it hasn't, nothing stopped. You know, it might've felt like the world stopped that day, but police keep killing people, particularly black people, particularly black men. Um, this hasn't stopped. I forget the exact number, but I mean, the day to convince, the oh my gosh, I can't say it the day Got he was con convicted thank you um police killed um another a black woman in ohio a black girl in ohio i should say um uh, micaiah bryant i believe was her name you know it just it, this hasn't stopped you know this conversation can't stop either because even when they know they're being recorded even with body cams they keep doing it and i also just want to point out and credit uh, Darnella Frazier, who was a teenager who recorded George Floyd's death, um, who knows what would have happened if she didn't hit record 
which is really sad to think about if that 10 minute video was not released anywhere would we have justice or any sort of semblance of accountability i don't know and that's really sad and that's why there's still so much so much we need to do okay and yeah thank you nicole and kirsten on that note we're going to move to some local news so according to the arizona republic as of monday all but one zip code in south phoenix has more than 40 percent of the eligible population vaccinated so community groups local officials and the arizona department of health services have been working to get underserved communities vaccinated including south phoenix these efforts include door-to-door organized—sorry, door-to-door canvassers. My apologies, and pop-up clinics in those communities. Focus groups put on by the state colleges, which you know are ASU, Arizona State, Northern Arizona, and Air University of Arizona, um, in Latino, Black, and Native communities hit disproportionately by COVID, have found that the biggest structure. The biggest hurdles to vaccination in those communities are structural, like not having reliable transportation or internet access. So this is some pretty good news because for a, because yeah, one of the big problems in Arizona's vaccination rollout has been that underserved communities are, well, being underserved in the vaccination line. And now they're approaching state average um for vaccinated people which is really awesome and i really owe a lot to all those people doing the hard work trying because you know the state for a while wasn't and now they're finally helping out which is great yeah i don't think there's too much to say about this except very nice doing what should be done good stuff and shout out to the people doing it So next, I think we're going to move on to entertainment. And Nicole, I believe, has this first story. Yeah, Olivia Rodrigo has taken the world by storm over the past, honestly, year, but it subsided, um, you know, High School Musical, the musical, the series, when it took that really long hiatus because it had to because of COVID. Um, she was back this past fall with driver's license and then deja vu and now good for you. And she dropped her first album, Sour, on Friday let me get the exact date, May 21st, uh, dropped that album, and it has performed really, really well. For a first album, this is exceptional. Good For You becomes her second Hot 100 number one on Billboard. Uh, Driver's License was the other. Um, she performed on SNL on May 15th, uh, Good For You and Driver's License, and for a first album, this is just insane. This is crazy. Uh, it's very good. Not all the album has 11 songs, including the singles that I previously mentioned. Not all of them are breakup songs, um, but good for you. I jam so hard too. I've never been in a relationship and it's got me making up scenarios and I, I want to jump around and dance. Good for you. It's so good. It's so good. Anyone else? It's just, it's such a good album. <laughs> it is so good. And honestly, like 
good for you and driver's license and deja vu in my mind they all go in that same very special box that songs like potential breakup song and uh better than revenge and picture to burn go into where it's like even if you've never been in a relationship even if you've never had your heart broken you are still so angry at that imaginary person who just completely ripped you apart <laughs> And then, yeah, you dance around, you jump around in your bedroom, like, uh, like you're in a decom, like a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> um, okay, can I just say that is the best metaphor I've ever heard? <laughs> it, it describes all, and I'm so glad you said decoms too, because I got made fun of calling them decoms in high school. I'm like, that's what they're called. That's what they're called. They've been called that since high school musical. Get with it. Disney Channel original movie, decom. And They've been playing them every Monday on Disney Channel. Just yep. throwing that out there. Yep. I'm just saying, like, there's not, a, I was going to say, and a debate. There is no debate. That is, that is it. <laughs> that is all. Um, and speaking of things being all done, I guess, terrible transition, the worst, <laughs> Eurovision. <laughs> um, shout out again, Corey Ball. Love Corey Ball. He did Sounds of the Crowns on Blaze Radio. And we appreciate it very, very much. So here's your Eurovision update. Have any of us watched it? I have not. Um, I've been working closing shift at my job, but I'm sure it has been great. So regardless, the Italian group that was described by one source as a quote, leather clad, hard rock four piece, like a four piece chicken nugget <laughs> uh, called Maniskin, pulled out the win with their song Zitti e Buoni. Uh, Vaughn's not here to pronounce the Italian for us, forgive me. So Damiano David, upon hearing the results, had this to say, and Damiano David is the group's front man, by the way. Um, we just want to say to the whole Europe, to the whole world, rock and roll never dies. David had also appeared to, a heavy emphasis on appeared, to snort cocaine while partying in the audience before the results had come out, but he has denied this really, really strongly and said that the substance was actually shards of broken glass, as well as that he said he does not do drugs. Florida was also there. Um, yeah, getting in on San Marino's Sun Hit as they performed their song Adrena Adrenalina. I can read um, to close out the show. And funnily enough, Graham Norton, a commentator for the BBC, had a really similar reaction to mine. And he said on air, that is Florida, the multi-billion selling rapper. I don't know why he's here. <laughs> so there, there's the Eurovision update. Um, if either of you guys have any reaction to this. <laughs> Let me just say, Okay, first, before I get into my bigger point about Eurovision, snorting broken glass, as if that's much better than cocaine in a different, like, it's bad in a different way than cocaine is, but still not great. I uh, just got, just had to point that out. And it's allergy season, sneezing all the time, gonna hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even want to imagine how, like, listen, I'm not saying cocaine's any good or that you should snort it, but come on, broken glass. Um, I don't I know, am I'm against feeling the heavy implications here, Gideon. Are you, are you suggesting to our listeners? 
I am against drug use. I am not urging people. I am urging people to not do illegal things. I think that's what I think. I to say it's a hypothetically speaking show's official stance. There, please don't do cocaine or illegal things, Gideon. <laughs> yes. Okay, but to my bigger point about Eurovision, um, I, I you know I saw a tweet about it that it was really good. You know, like instead of fighting wars, now they just have. They just uh, have them uh, performing the most elaborate flamboyant songs to compete against each other. So channeling all of that nationalism into a song contest rather than fighting wars. And I'm like, isn't that beautiful, guys? <laughs> that's, uh, that's evolution, I guess. not too much more to say nicole it is in fact your time to shine because you don't you don't have to share spotlight with vaughn on spray vaughn you usually like i miss vaughn this is and this is his time to be excited too so vaughn i'll try to do my best but before i get to that uh the pga championship was on sunday for those of you who watch golf which i can't imagine it's that many but <laughs> at least of our listeners uh he, Phil Mickelson, ASU Sun Devil, by the way, won the PGA Championship on Sunday, becoming the oldest major championship champion ever at age 50. Yeah, forks up. Let's go. Uh, Mickelson hadn't won since 2019 at Pebble Beach and hadn't lift, lifted a major championship trophy since 2013 after he said this could be the last time he wins, but it could also be the start of a run. And I just, I love that mentality. Uh, the crowds were wild uh this was also a problem listen i don't really have a problem with the crowd size anymore anywhere um i'm personally i'm vaccinated i still like i'm i'm just not gonna go like i don't feel comfortable to that effect yet i don't have a problem with the crowd size i had a problem with them being all over brooks kepka and phil mickelson give them some space i know it's been a really long time since a lot of us have most of us have been at sporting events and it's been that packed because it's special when it's that packed and you're with people who love the same thing you do, but give them some space. My goodness. They don't have a choice of if you have COVID or not to get sick. Um, Brooks Kepka injured his knee, not from that, but he had an injured knee and he said it didn't really help. Uh, give them some space, please. That's all I ask. Just give them some space. They don't. Yeah. They're starting to act like K-pop fans and you know what? <laughs> You don't want to do that all the time. K-pop fans are usually all right, but you know the ones that I'm referring to and you don't want to be like them. Well said. All right, I got, what, two minutes? Let's do this. NBA playoffs. Um, I'll get to the exciting part last. So Monday games, the Milwaukee Bucks took a two-game lead over the Miami Heat. Um, the Heat are probably done. They just don't look good. Uh, the Nuggets tie the series with the Trailblazers. Uh, this could be an interesting one. I think the Nuggets take over from here. Uh, Tuesday night, May 25th, Celtics-Nets. Uh, Nets have a one-game lead. Uh, Mavs-Clippers. Mavs look to extend their lead and steal another game from the Clippers. Could be interesting. Okay. Said my internet connection was stable. Sorry. Uh, 
the exciting part, the Suns, they had a home playoff game. Uh, no, it was not the first time meaningful basketball has been in Phoenix in a long time because the Phoenix Mercury exists. But still exciting because it's meaningful Suns basketball. They took game one against the Lakers. LeBron James started his acting career and campaign got ejected. Woo! Welcome back, playoff basketball. Vaughn will express his sincere excitement when he is back. I, I will give him the entire floor. He can take up the entire sports segment. Um, quickly, NHL playoffs. Uh, been really great so far. 12 of the 35 playoff games have gone to overtime. Five of those have gone to two or more overtime periods. Really exciting stuff if you watch hockey. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche and Winnipeg Jets complete the series sweep over the Blues and Oilers, respectively. Um, someone please save Connor McDavid from the Oilers. My God, he deserves so much better. Uh, just please. He's so much he's so much better than Edmonton. They're always going to be in this position. Uh, Boston won their series over the Washington Capitals 4-1. to one. Uh, the Florida Panthers extend the series with the Tampa Bay Lightning, three to two, in Spencer's in Spencer Knight's first career playoff start. Uh, so that was something. Minnesota Wild also extended their series with the Vegas Golden Knights, three to two, and the Islanders took a three-two series lead over Pittsburgh in overtime on Monday night. And Toronto takes a two-one lead over the Canadians. Uh, college softball. Super Regionals, really exciting. ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, watch it. Uh, Super Regionals begin Memorial Day weekend. So that's this weekend or last weekend. I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, the seating was really messed up, really messed up. Um, for example, this is personal bias, but Michigan won the Big Ten and they didn't get to host a regional. ASU um, hosted a regional, but were a really low seed. Uh, Michigan got knocked out by Washington and ASU got knocked out by BYU, sadly, despite a comeback effort. But what Pac-12 teams are still playing? UCLA and Virginia Tech, who Sun Devils won't like because they also knocked out the Sun Devils. They helped in that effort. Uh, Arkansas taking on Arizona, also boo for other reasons because we don't like that team down south. And Oklahoma versus Washington. Washington might get their bell rung because Oklahoma's really good. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Um, finally, NFL. I'll start with this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was not at OTAs. That's no surprise. Almost kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm losing words, kind of confirmed that he wants out of Green Bay without actually saying it in an interview with Kenny Mayne on his last Sports Center appearance, um, saying, you know, it's not, it's not Jordan Love, it's a philosophy, basically saying, in my opinion, you either fire, fire the GM or you trade me. That's, that was my takeaway from it. So sorry, Packers fans, but I'm happy. Go Bears. And now this, a lesson in journalism ethics brought to you by Shannon Sharp. Uh, Sharp on Monday morning called Julio Jones, the Falcons wide receiver who requested a trade um, in March, I believe it was, called him live on Undisputed on FS1 and asked him about, do you, do you want out of Atlanta, the trade rumors, all that jazz? Uh, he said, I'm out of there when asked if he was returning to Atlanta. Quote, I want to win. Also shuts down the idea of going to Dallas because, as he said, I want to win. Um, I'm almost done. He did not tell Jones they were live on air. He probably knew that, though. But still, you still have to say it. Whether Jones knew it or not, you still have to say it. Uh, this is possibly illegal. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Oh, my goodness. 
Yikes. Big yikes. He just was no notice of we are live and on the show. Nope, none. Which is like, okay, people know Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless are doing Undisputed. Did Jones probably know? Yeah, you still have to say it. (laughs) You still have to say we're live. Yeah, I feel like you got to do, yeah, no, that that's just, yeah, I, I'm hoping Julio Jones didn't get screwed over by this, and he understood, and I, it's likely he did, but still. Yeah, I know, I hope he didn't, you know, get set up here, because that's bad. That, w- that really sucks for Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, uh. Well, our host left us. <laughs> she <laughs> had to go. Um, Gideon, do you have any any final thoughts or do you want to take us out? I guess I could take us out. Uh, thank you for listening to Hypothetically Speaking. If you want to hear more from us, we're on Twitter at Hypoth underscore speaking. And yeah, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this before then, uh, Don't do anything stupid. Uh, Don't get into car crashes. Uh, Drink responsibly if you are over the age of 21. I don't know. Have a great one. 